Hello, this is World Explosion with Pastor Daniel Olubodi of Royal Priesthood Ministries. God ordained us as kings for royalty and priests for loyalty unto him. We are commissioned with the gospel of reconciling men back unto God. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There is success and there is fulfillment. Many people are successful in life but are never fulfilled. The Lord has commissioned us with the mandate of enthronement and we are here to help you find fulfillment in life. Please subscribe to this podcast channel on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts and every other place you get your podcast from. Also connect with us on the interwebs on Facebook at Royal Priesthood Ministries. You can follow me on Twitter at Oyelowodan. Reach me on WhatsApp plus 234-8035-365-105. Also, visit our website royalpriesthoods.ng. Remember, the SS behind that hood, royalpriesthoods.ng. For more amazing content in audio, video, and journals. Don't forget to subscribe for our daily devotionals on our website. Please, also, don't hesitate to share your testimonies with us at info at royalpriesthoods.ng or my personal gmail, priesthoods001 at gmail.com. Always remember, you are a royal priest. Father, to join from your spirit to my spirit. I am lighted by your word. And with your brother. Lord, send your word to us. Send your word to us this evening in the mighty name of Jesus. Your word that will transform us. Send that word to us in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We come against every siege that may want to hinder the word of God from penetrating our hearts. And we destroy them by fire in the mighty name of Jesus. That which the Lord has sent his word to do today shall be accomplished in our individual lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Daddy, because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name, we have prayed. Let somebody say louder, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We thank God once again for this privilege, for this opportunity that God has given unto us. We say, may God's name forever be praised in Jesus' name. This month long, we have been talking about Arise, Shine, for your light is come. And we have spoken extensively about Arise, Shine, for your light is come. Today, the topic of the message today is the cup and the baptism. The cup and the baptism. The cup and the baptism. Let's turn our Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. We'll start reading from verse 22 to 28. I read from the revised standard version. Then the mother of the sons of Zedidi came up to him with her sons and kneeling before him 
she asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Command that these two of mine, these two sons of mine, may sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, You do not know what to ask, what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, We are able. Verse 23, He said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand, at my left, and my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard of it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. 26. It shall not be so among you, but whoever will be great among you must be your servant, and whoever will be first among you must be your slave. Verse 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In that scripture that we read, James and John brought their mother to Jesus to seek a privileged position for her sons. She came and met Jesus and said, Jesus, let these two sons of mine, one sit at your right hand and sit at your other hand, at your left hand. And Jesus told her, told, replied not to her now, but replied the sons that, are you able to take of the cup and the baptism that I am to take? And they replied, they didn't, they didn't know what that was at that particular point in time, but they replied, they said, we are able to take it. And they told them, of the truth, you are, going to, you are going to take the cup, but to decide who is going to sit at my right hand and my left hand is not for me to choose, but my father. Quickly, let us know. When the other disciples said they were very angry with him, angry with the two brothers, that what do you guys mean? You, you, you cornered us, you went behind us to go and meet Master so that he can elevate you above, above us. Now, every one of them had that same mindset at that particular point in time because if they don't have that mindset, they wouldn't have been angry with, uh, with those two brothers. They would have told John to them, why are you guys doing like this? But they were angry because they too, they were looking for privileged rights with Jesus. They were looking for an elevation of status with Jesus at that particular point in time. But after they were regenerated, let me just cap it now, that after Jesus died and resurrected, he bred upon them, they received the Holy Ghost, every one of them became humble. They became humble. They were not after position again, but they were after service. Acts. Acts of Apostles. Chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, from verse 1. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists murmured against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. 
Now look at it, verse 2. And the twelve summoned the body of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve at tables. Look at it. They used the word we first to start it. They used the word we and they spoke that we are to serve in this particular office. We are not to encroach into this. Now, they have become humble at this stage. But in the beginning, this was not so with them. All of them, they wanted to be at the elevated position. But when the Holy Spirit came upon them, after they became regenerated, every one of them were more concerned about service rather than the office. Now, after they made the request, Jesus told them that they don't know the implication of what they asked. Verse 22 and 23 of that book of Matthew that we read. Verse 22, he said, But Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup I am to drink? King James Version says, But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I should drink of? and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, they said unto him, We are able. Let us look at, let us have a background view of that cup that Jesus was talking about. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. The disciples don't know what they were asking of at that particular point in time. But look at Jesus when he wanted to drink his own cup. Matthew chapter 26 verse 42. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, thy will be done. He told God, he said, God, if it is possible, let this cup pass me by. What was the cup that he was talking about there? The suffering that he was to go through before being nailed to the cross, the suffering on the cross, and his death was the cup that he was to drink. Now, when those disciples came to meet him, and said, we want to shine. We want to reign in glory too. We want to be doing all these marvelous things that you are doing. And as the son of God, in your father's kingdom, we want to be at the top position. He now said, can you drink of the cup that I am to drink? They quickly said, yes, we are going to drink. Because they were apostles of the Lamb, they drank of it. But at that point in time, they didn't know what that cup entails. We will undertake to study what that cup and baptism are, which Jesus offered his disciples as a compulsory condition to meet in order to be part of God's ministry. Ministry team that will bear his glory into revival. Now we want to look extensively into what that cup and baptism is. Now, we are talking about service. The cup is about going through some certain things and mostly service. But it is to be done not with an eye on the carnal reward that seems to be flipped before our eyes. You know, we have been talking about arise, shine. Every, every one of us, as we have been talking about arise, shine, our mind will be focused on glamour, on the 
on the glory of being at the top. For example, we look at our fathers in the faith and we are like, wow, I want to fly my private jet too. Yeah, I want to come and find go before me and be blowing and people bowing down to me. Yes, I want to come to that level too. I want to arise. I want to arrive. I want to get there. Now, before you get there, there is a process. Let us look at Jesus, our perfect example. We are going to see some things in the life of Jesus, then the apostles, for all to understand. Now, it now become a choice. If you truly want to shine in life, you are not looking for shortcuts out of it, out of the way. They determined to go all the way. Then you are bound to shine. Why? Because you have gone through the process. When um, uh, when this catastrophic situation about one of the Air Force personnel that was killed in a in a road accident, when somebody was reversing his car and killed the young lady, some people were were saying all manner of things that uh, they killed her, they did this, they did that. And I, I, in my mind, I was like, these people are speaking out of ignorance. You don't know what it costs to train a military officer. Once you know what it takes to train a military person, you will now understand the kind of you understand the kind of security that they are giving to those kind of people. For example, before a general should die, more than a thousand uh, soldiers would have been eliminated before getting to that general. Why? Because what that general knows is far above 1,000 soldiers combined. He has been trained a lot of things that he has seen, both personally, both his personal experience and the experience of others. And that was what makes him the general. Now, quickly, let us look at two things today. We want to look at two things today about the cup and the baptism. The first one, the suffering that produces human experience. The suffering that produces human experience. This is the first of the baptism that any man seeking to become an instrument in God's hands must pass through. All fathers of faith, from Bible time to our contemporary time, all, all of them passed through them. They had their peculiarity of of the suffering that they passed through. Let us look at Jesus, our perf our perfect example. Romans chapter five, Romans chapter five, Romans chapter five, verses three and four. This is Apostle Paul talking now about the suffering that produces human experience. A background view, verse three. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and the hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given unto us. Now, if we, like some of our, our guys here, we understand it, when we want to do training on the field, we want to play. We first of all do some jogging, uh, do some calisthenics, stretch ourselves. We will now be fit. 
in the course of playing, you'll be able to play the game for a long time. Now, if you leave that training for like three weeks, when you want to come back, if you can endure for like maybe one hour before, after breaking free from that training, and you come back like maybe after three weeks, you you run for like maybe 15 minutes and you'll be like, ah, I'm tired. Why? Because your body has not been attuned to that training that it used to before. But with consistent training back, when you continue to train yourself back and back again, you now come back to that level where you used to be before. Now, in the spirit realm too, there are things that we pass through, that we must pass through to give us the necessary ingredient, to give us the spiritual muscle to be able to shine forth the light of God. Why is this necessary? One of our fathers in the faith, the wife did not allow him to come close to her for about three years out of stubbornness. I said, I know the grief. Now, the man said, I have taken my decision. I am serving God. I am facing God. And he chose that without thinking of saying, ah, no, I will go and marry a second wife. Now, was God aware of what he was passing through? God was aware. It was to train him so that when people are passing through that kind of challenge, when people are passing through that kind of situation, he will be able to tell them and say, don't worry, God will make you overcome. And they are pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. How can you say, I have been there before. I have been there before. Those are some of the reasons why God allows us to have this experience. Jesus, our perfect example, passed through the same process. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Let us look at Jesus as our example. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But we see Jesus. Look at it. But we see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor, because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone, for ten. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. In that verse 9, he said, But we see, but we understand, we got to know from the example of Jesus that he too passed through many things. For example, now look at look at it now. They now place you under your junior brother and say that your junior brother should now be commanding you. You look at it and say, hey, my junior brother commanding me. You begin to look at it and say, hey, this will not turn upside down. My junior brother is now commanding me. Now, you now take the humility of obeying the instruction that your junior brother is giving you. Even if he says, open your mouth, let me spit inside. You go and throw the spit outside. You open the mouth for him. He's part inside and he went and threw it outside. In true humility, that was exactly what Jesus went through. It was even more than that. The angels that he created, Jesus now put himself under. 
to perfect the work of salvation because of you and I. He left everything that made him the Son of God in heaven. He now came to the earth. I said this last week. If they are nailing me, if I was Jesus, they are nailing me to the cross. I will just be used for my eye to do things like this. You people don't know anything. As they are hitting the hammer, I will not do it that instead for me to be feeling the pain, let them be feeling the pain. But Jesus did not do that. He allowed himself to pass through everything, everything because of the suffering to produce experience. That's why the Bible says he passed through everything that man can pass through so that we can have a perfect example in him. So that when you are calling upon God and you say, God, why? You will say, my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus, you don't understand that I passed through it too. I passed through it too. This song, it is well, it is well, with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well, with my soul. The, that man lost, I think, four or five children and the wife to a boat mishap. And that was when, after he received the peace of God, he sat down and wrote the lyrics of that song that it is well with my soul. Now, can that kind of person comfort another person? You'll be able to comfort the person. If somebody now dies, I say, ah, take heart. God is there. Ah, you don't understand how much I love this person. He says, God is there for you. God will console you. You don't understand. I understand. I lost five children and my wife in one day. You know, the first thing you think of is, eh? how did you not overcome it? You say, I just relied upon God. When I was in 1990, uh, when I was 20 years old, in my first year in the higher institution, was the year that my father died. Now, when the, the circumstance around his death was so painful that I felt like the world should just end and everybody, let us all of us just die. And go like that. God just ended this one. A lot of us go. <laughs> but no, God didn't end the world. More than 20 years after, we are still alive here. Now, whenever, after that time, God helped us to overcome that pain. Whenever, after that time, somebody lose a loved one, I know how to comfort them. And when I began to talk to them, while I was in Portacourt, a young boy lost his father. That guy was around 16 or 17 years. While everybody we were, we were still talking with him in the front of the gate of my house then. So I was now telling him that what are your plans now for the future? They were looking at me that hey, what is this man talking about? I said now you need to begin to make your plans and your, the plan that you are going to make don't look to anybody for help. He said ah the so -so -so. I said forget it they won't help you. You wanted to say so -so -so. I'm so person promise that they are going to help. I said forget it. They are not going to help. He said ah why are you talking like this? Are you cursing me? I said, no. I said, about your age, I lost my father. And he had many influential people as friends. All of them, they promised heaven and earth. When you have any problem, just come. Yeah. They were promising us, just come. We will do it for you. We will do anything you want for you. Everything, don't worry. You will not miss your father. Not one. Not one person showed up. Now, that time that we were passing through all those things, we would be like, God, why are you making me to pass through this? Why are you making me, God, and you they look at me as I suffer? Now, God is deliberately allowing you to pass through those things to perfect you for your own glory to, to shine.
So that when he now puts you in that position that he wants to put you, and he now makes you to begin to use your experience to talk to people. Do you know Pastor Adebaye lost a child? How many people do that? They lost the child and they still went and preached. They still went to church and did everything. Said, ah, you need your child there. Say, yes. So everybody will now be like, this is a different dimension of Christianity. Look at Joseph. Look at Joseph. He suffered for the right thing. Now, if he had stolen, if you catch a thief and they say you are, we are sentencing you to 20 years in prison, the thief will say, so they are stolen. That's why they sentenced me to prison. Now, you did not steal the Nazi 20 years. You know how that person will be crying. Ah, God, deal. God, we told you, you people that lied on me. Why? Because he's innocent. Joseph was in that kind of situation. He was thrown into the prison. Why? For the suffering that will produce human experience in his life. For the suffering that will produce human experience in his life. When Joseph saw his brothers coming, he said, these are my brothers. They did not recognize him. And in his mind, he said, I want to know whether these people have changed. Ah, me. They go first all of them, 12-12. 12-12. I will go tell them, say, say me on a talk, say, I don't go rule over on me. God catch all of you now. Ah! Cow, cow don't go suffer the way I go still suffer you. Now, after doing that, he now began to test them. He began to test them. The brothers, they bowed down to him. In fulfillment of that prophecy, he was still looking at it and saying, I want to know whether these people have truly changed. If they are not truly changed, he was going to preach to them and say, you are still in this level of wicked, wicked, wickedness in your heart. Now you people should have changed by now. But he was testing them and when he saw that they are truly changed, he looked at them and he cried and said, I'm your brother Joseph. Ah! Joseph, our brother, you, you mean you are the one that is in charge of the whole of Egypt? They now knelt down again. If that first one was a mistake, let us come and kneel down properly for you now. They now knelt down. Just don't do us as, as we deserve. Don't do us as we deserve. He said, no, I have forgiven you. How is my father? Look at that kind of heart. It, is, it was because of what he passed through. God deliberately made him to pass through this so that he can learn from his own experience. The name of uh, Joseph's wife, Potiphera. You know that name, she always, anytime he wants to call his wife, Potiphera, there, he should remind him of Potiphar. And say, Potiphar, come here. Bring your wife. The two of you need them. Oh yeah, use your mouth, confess to your husband. There was no record that he did that. He forgave them totally. Why? Because of the suffering that produces human experience that God has made him to pass through. Like I said, Jesus, our perfect example, he passed through the same experience. He passed through it. And that was what brought out, that was what brought out the glory of God manifesting in his life. That was why the word of the Lord says, and God gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every name should bow. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 14. Hebrews 4, 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. 
For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Look at that verse 15 again. He said, For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He passed through all these things, yet without sin. He passed through them. Now, there is a minimum quantity of human experience that you need before you can become a leader. We are talking about shining. There is a minimum level of experience that you need before you can become a leader. When God wants to make a leader that is, that is free to lead others in his kingdom, he subjects your life to sufferings and death to give you a dose of basic human experience of what several other men are passing through in order to create in you the sensitivity, the sensitive disposition of heart necessary to minister to their needs. God will allow us pass through some human experience that will be painful. I've passed through some things in ministry. People that are close to me will, will know that I've passed through something. And you know, you will now not put it on the face and begin to, hey, Pastor, what happened to child? He has life deal. You now begin to say, Pastor, sorry. No. But whatever that we are going through, we know that it's for a glory to manifest. Whatever that you are going through, whatever that you are going through, if God wants you to shine, He will make you to pass through some suffering deliberately. He will make you to pass through some suffering. He will make you to see some things that you ask yourself and say, Why is this happening to me? You might have just finished maybe three days fasting and prayer, and something happened. And people look at you and say, Is this one serving God at all? Look at the case of Job. Look at the beginning. God said, when God called meeting in heaven and everybody appeared, Satan too appeared. Satan, where have you been? He said, ah, Daddy, I've been going to and fro. Now said, did you observe my servant, Job, that there's no one like him on the surface of the earth? Satan said, Daddy, we know that it's because of the hedge that you have built around him. God said, no, it's not about that. He has a good heart and he is serving me in spirit and in truth. Satan said, if he tells him, God said, go ahead. But don't touch his life. Now look at it. If it was in this present time that Job was passing through that kind of thing that he passed through death. Like maybe let us look at Pastor Adibu. He began, he began to pass through that kind of thing of Bishop Oyejeku. What would we say? We don't backslide. And that's why God is dealing with him. But he was suffering for righteousness sake. And God in heaven was saying, while he was suffering, God was looking at him and smiling and saying, my son will not break. Now, till the point his whole body, when a man and woman are married, they have become one of the wife that is his body, now said, cause God and die. That is the last resistance. He said, no, I will not cause God. 
No, this situation is not palatable for about nine months, almost a year. Was that story of Job? He passed through for about nine months. Imagine, ten children died in a day, <laughs> and it's for righteousness. And at the end of the day, God now told Satan, "You see what I'm talking about?" And God restored everything back better. The glory now began to shine more and more. We will look at that glory and say, "Wow, I want to shine like that too." Are you ready to go through that suffering too? Are you ready to take that cup and that baptism? Are you ready to take that cup and that baptism? Let us look at that, the account of Paul, talking about his own. Paul, whom the, whom one of the greatest apostles in the New Testament, if we can say the greatest anyway. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 8 and 9. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so, look at how we qualified it, utterly, unbearably crushed. Let me read from the King James Version. For we will not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure above strength in so much that we despaired evil of life. What that meant was that they began to look at it and say, if you like saying, here we go in there, that it's like death has come. Verse 9. Why? We felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely on, that was to make us Rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. What a pastor. Go to chapter 11 of that same book of 2 Corinthians. Chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I'm talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonment, with countless beatings. And often near death, 24, five times I have, I have received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one, that is 39 times. He was beaten five different occasions, 39, 39 lashes, 25. Three times I have been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I have been in shipwreck. A night and a day I have been adrift at sea on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brethren, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, 28. And apart from other, other things, there is a daily pressure upon me of my anxiety for all the churches. 29. Who is weak that I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? Look at the things that Paul listed in that place. Was God aware of these things that he was passing through? Yes, God was aware. Why? For the glory to manifest the cup and the baptism. That's what we are talking about today. The cup and the baptism. For you to shine in life. 
for you to shine, for you to arise and shine. There is a cup and a baptism that you are to partake of. There is a cup and a baptism that you are to partake of. We have youths in our midst more today. Many youths are going to party and they will come and call you and say, let us go to party. It's not as if your parents will know if you sneak out of the house and go to the party. But you determine within you and say, no, I will not go. Why? Because you know that there is a greater glory that is set to manifest ahead of you. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. The word of the Lord says, and Daniel proposed in his heart. He proposed in his heart. My friends are smoking. They have offered you smoke. I say, come and smoke. Then you determine and say, no, I'm not going to smoke. They are committing immorality. You determine and say, no, I will not join them. It may be painful at that time. They will be looking at you and say, you guy, you know how, you know do this, you know do that. They may even ostracize you. And you are walking lonely. You are looking lonely and so among them. Why it looks as if that they are the ones enjoying life. But when the glory of those decisions you took, when the glory will now begin to manifest, they will now look at you and say, wow, had they been with me, we would have joined these people. We have joined you to do what you did. I used to tell people, people like Bishop Oyedeko, they, they serve God truly in spirit and in truth. But what worked for them more, again, is that they received it early in life. They received it early. Bishop Adelio will say, I missed all the things that youth, youth used to do. I missed all of them. I did not partake in all of them because I became born again as a saint. So when he became born again as a saint, he has already started the journey. The journey some people started at 30. The journey some people started at 40. They took it in their hands at that point in time and said, this is my life now. At 24, Bishop Oyedeko had already uh, finished building a faith tabernacle in Lagos, 44. It's around that time, around that age, 40 something, that some people will not become born again. Now, at this age, I'm talking to the youth now. If you can take it, your life now, at this age, and say, no, I'm going to face my life now. I'm going to face it with God. Give yourself 15 years. There's no how, even if you miss your step in some occasion, you will still get the majority of your steps right. You will graduate on time. You will get a good job. You will be moving fine. You get, you get married on time. You have children. Things will be working for you. And they will be looking at you and say, you are fortunate. No. He's not being fortunate. He's taking your life serious at tender age. He's taking your life serious at tender age. There is a suffering that you will take your body through. There is a, there's a kind of discipline that you will pass yourself through. And say, no, I will not do as everybody is doing. Just because you want to please God and for the glory of God to manifest. I said the cup and the baptism. The second one, the second one, the baptism of trials and temptation. The baptism of trials and temptation. Whether you like it or not, you will pass through some baptism of trials and temptation that will make you even yourself ask yourself that, am I still serving God? If that is it, you are going to a very great place. It's not everybody that will pass through those kind of things. But somebody, for somebody that God wants to take to a great height, you will pass through some things that you yourself will ask yourself and say, but wait, God, are, we still, are you still with me? 
God will say, yes, I'm here with you. Okay. Because this thing that I'm saying is like your presence has departed from me. Look at what you read about Paul in that second Corinthians. He said, we even despair of life itself, like the death sentence has been given unto us. Now, let us look at from the example of Jesus. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. From the example of Jesus. Matthew chapter 3 from verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan, to John, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. After Jesus was baptized in River Jordan by John, after his baptism, as he was coming out, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And everybody that was there, they heard the voice from heaven. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. You know that after that time, things should open up and life should become good. Why the Spirit of God has come. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Look at it. The Spirit of God came. Naturally, Things should begin to bubble. You understand? That same Holy Spirit did what? Led him to where? Wilderness. To do what? Tempted. Of who? Of the devil. <laughs> if God can make Jesus pass through it, he will pass through it. I noticed one thing in my life, in my youthful life, at every major junction of my life. There is usually a sign of immorality that will come before that thing will open up. When I wanted to gain admission, one guy came. In my small mind that time, I look and say, Oh boy, man, no profit admission because of him. Look, you get the attention of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have this very corny heart that I think, Go, oh, let us negotiate. Let me get. Let me get this thing first. They will come back and say to this matter. After the admission, she disappeared. If I had done it, I wouldn't have gotten the admission. Like three instances like that, major junction in my life. I noticed some things happen like that. See, the Holy Spirit will lead you to where you will be tempted. Why is God allowing you to be tempted? To expose what is in you. To be removed so that you can be a perfect example when you are shining in glory. Look at Joseph. Woman come. Where we say, if if you do it, you will be eating double meat. It's like you have. But he said, no, I will not do this thing. Now, what kind of temptation can I come about woman again? No. It can. Yeah, there are some temptations we run away from. But there are things you need to confront and say, I will not do this thing again. 
you smoke, you look at the cigar, you put it down, you disagree I'm not smoking you again. I'm not smoking this cigar again. You look at the cigarette and you are speaking to it. Whatever is binding me to you, I'm not doing it again. And you continually speak to that individual. I said something as I received it uh, from the Holy Spirit. That, you know, we used to say something and say, I'm struggling with some certain things. Continue struggling with it. Now be praying and say, God, help me to overcome this thing. For example, maybe you struggle with anger. It is when something happens or when somebody comes that you get angry. Now, when you wake up in the morning, before anger comes, you wake up and begin to say, you spirit of anger, I rebuke you. I will not get angry today. What are you doing? You are struggling. You are fighting that thing. You are fighting that thing and say, no, I will not do this thing again. You are fighting it. You are fighting it, speaking against it. Don't wait until it happens before you start saying, Hey, God help me. God help me. No, you start fighting it. When you wake up immediately, every day, begin to fight it. So that when those trials and temptations come, when, not if, unless you are going nowhere. If you are going somewhere, trials and temptations will definitely come. If our fathers begin to tell you what they passed through, if they begin to tell you what they passed through, one of our pastor conferences, we used to announce that anybody that wants to support a pastor conference, that they should bring uh, anything that they want to support it with. That year, the Spirit of God said we should not ask. That was last year. And there was big money at all. We went and sold car. The other car, we went and sold it to get money to host pastor conference. What are we doing in the pastor conference? To preach. What are we doing the money majorly for? To, to provide food on the third day that people will eat. You know, there are some things people will eat in their head for them. Are they? But they don't know what we are doing. They look at them and say they are just wasting money. They know they say, No! We know what we are doing. We are investing. We are investing. And when we sold the car, we will do some certain amount of money. We brought it to. Now that the armor back up again. Thank God that I bought battery for Kankota. Now that one for payment pass. <laughs> that day. We brought the body home. We, uh, my brother, uh, we, we went to Half uh, Plaza. We bought some certain things for the mechanical equipment and we brought them home. Armor back came. The, the remaining money that we had at home, that we, you, know, we remember, you remember that we were to go for uh, shopping that day. The money, they packed everything and gone. Now, we should say, ha! God, you know the God. You don't try at all. You know that this money wants to use it to serve us. Are We can't say that. The remaining that was at all, uh, that was in the bank, we went there again. And we drew. And after that time, people that we did not tell anything, they now began to say, okay, I want to support this. Somebody even brought a, a big good. That time. That way, uh, the value of the goods. When we saw it in the bank, I said, ah. So I was shocked that time. Things now started coming. Trial and temptation. If you come, unless you are not going anywhere. But when you now overcome those trials and temptation, people will now look at you and say, Ah, you are enjoying it. After I finished preaching a sermon in, uh, in, in Portacourt, one of our members then, he now came and met me and said, Check, Pastor, if, if the same people help you again today, you go do well. I said, I go so scatter everything. 
He said, don't, I don't understand. I said, ah, everything goes for He said, what are you talking about? He said, ah, you will do well now. I said, no. I said, you don't know what Pastor Adiboye has passed through before he got to that place. Have I prayed for three days nonstop? I've not prayed for three days nonstop. He has prayed for three days nonstop. I said, what he has seen, what his eyes have seen, my eye has not seen one over ten of it. So if I get there without experience, I will scatter the whole place. Let God just continue to take me bit by bit. I try to you see some of these things that these people have passed through. You may even say, ah, God, if not because of this, make I make I day, make I day on my own. Now, for you to shine the cup and the baptism, the second cup and the baptism is the baptism of trials and temptation. You see in that example of Jesus that we read there, the Holy Spirit came on him and led him to be tempted, led him into the wilderness. Wilderness where it's a dry place. Dry place. At times God will lead you into a, into a place that is not productive. It is God that is leading you. He's testing you. He's trying you to know what is inside of you. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 2 and 3. Deuteronomy 8, 2 and 3. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Verse 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live I was telling somebody I said I received salary last December 2006 I said yes purely I've been living by faith there and I've done greetings. God, glory be to God. I am blessed. As Bishop said, I'm blessed. Yes, you are blessed in the name of Jesus. Now, I have learned to live by faith since that time till now. But there was a time it was not easy. You look at it, I was like, ah, salary is not coming from anywhere. You look at it like, this is what we have. Everything goes cut out. No hope that money is coming from anywhere. And yet you are still standing saying, I believe. I believe. There was a time I would believe God for ordinary 500 naira. And I would be there. I would say, that money will come. That money will come. That money will come. 12 o'clock, it has not come. One. And there's nothing to eat. When Paul said, in hunger, he's not fasting. Food, no need. They now turn into hunger. That's what he's saying in that place. Need to have passed through those kind of situations before. There's no food to eat. We turn it into hunger. He said, "Na hunger, na fast, we fast." What will you not break to see if you are fasting? God will provide. Now somebody called and said, "If you have any need up to five hundred thousand naira, we are ready." There was a time of five hundred naira waiting upon the Lord. And there's a time that God has brought us even to the realm of millions in the stages. Trials and temptations. Trials and temptations. There are times you see some things you don't, 
maybe where you are working or maybe where you are doing business, something will come up to you. You need money. For example, you are a security officer, you are handling a case of corruption. You are sitting on like maybe 50 million naira and your daughter is sick in the hospital and it needs just 1.5 million naira for them to do operation on that game. And they say, if this operation is not done in the next three days, this girl will die. You are now looking at the money and the life of your daughter. Looking at the money and the life of your daughter. Now, you now say, in your integrity, I will not touch this money. The girl now die. Everybody looking at you will say, you are very stupid. You are very, very foolish. The money that if you take out of it, nobody will know. But those are the necessary requirements to pass through, to shine in glory. When you now pass through them and you are perfected like Jesus Christ, you now begin to shine. People will now begin to look at you and say, wow, he's fortunate. You are not fortunate. There's nothing like uh, luck. No. Hard work, jam opportunity. That is luck. Hard work. Make sure that you pass your trials and temptations. Jesus was the one, the Son of God. The Holy Spirit descended on him and the Holy Spirit led him to be tempted of the devil, of the devil, and he passed his test. In that place, in Deuteronomy that we read, God was making them, if you go and look at the map of the journey of the children of Israel, they were moving in circles. This is Egypt, this is Israel, this is Red Sea. Then they were moving in circles like this for 40 years. And God said, I allowed you to pass through all this to know what is in your heart. 40 years. How many years remain now, God? Where I used 40 years out of my life to perambulate around this place. God, free me small. I mean, <laughs> make I enjoy this life small. And God was allowing them to move around in circles. And he was giving them food daily. Believe that food will come tomorrow. And they said, yes, sir. They believed. And when they woke up, food was there. True what they passed through. True what they passed through. True what they passed through. Why did God allow us to pass through all these tests and trials? It is a test to discover weaknesses so that they can be removed from our life. Who lead us to be tempted? The Holy Spirit. Who is the person that tempts us? It is the devil. I pray that this cup, when Jesus was passing through his own, it was not palatable. When he saw the death, when he saw the suffering that he was to pass through, he knelt down in prayer and cried unto God. The word of the Lord says, his sweats were like droplets of blood. And he said, God, if it be possible, let this cup pass me back. The Son of God. Say, let this cup pass me back. Now, there's a cup you too will take. There's a cup me too I will take. Where we look at it and say, God, I can't take this anymore. But you will say, my grace is sufficient for you. But the moment you pass through it, he will not glorify you. The word of the Lord says, and he gave him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every name should bow. My sincere prayer for you is that when your cup and baptism come, it's something to desire and pray for. And say, God, I'm ready. Let my cup and baptism come now. So that I can pass through it once and for all. God, let it come. I prayed that kind of prayer in 2007. God, this is my idea. Let me do this thing now. I made some mistakes. I said, God, please don't let me repeat this year again. Now, it's something to pray for if you want to shine. 
when you want to arise and shine, it's something to begin to pray for and say, God, what must I pass through to shine? What must I endure to be glorified? I pray the Lord open our eyes to see them in the mighty name of Jesus. Bow down your head and begin to bless God for the word that you have heard this evening. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm sure you have been blessed by this message the Lord has sent to you. We would love to hear feedback from you. And peradventure, maybe you have prayer points you want us to join hands with you. And pray over. Please send your prayer points across unto us. Our emails, uh, my personal email is priesthoods001. Priesthoods, S behind the hoods, 001 at gmail.com. You can drop your comments in this podcast comments section. Word Explosion with Pastor Daniel. You can drop your comment there. We'll definitely see it. You can access us through our website, www.royalpriesthoods.ng. And our email is info at royalpriesthoods.ng. Remember, there is S behind that hood. Info at royalpriesthoods.ng. God bless you.